Welcome to the Pepperell Baptist Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to make disciples of the Lord Jesus among all ages and in all places. So take out your Bible and a pen, and let's jump into the Word together once again. Thank you, Brother Scott, for the music and for prayer time. And uh, Brother Scott did mention it. Next week is a big week in the life of this church. Uh, we've got our children's ministry, the Village Kids, uh, kicking off next Wednesday night at 6 p.m. and excited about that and uh, getting that going. And I just want to ask you to uh, sorry, I, I, I'm terrible multitasker. I can't do two things at once. <laughs> uh, now I want to ask you to pray for for those involved in leading and teaching in that. Uh, Hey, I can tell you, children's ministry can be exhausting, uh, and it's, it's often behind the scenes, and uh, you don't really see a lot of it that's going on, but I'm telling you, these, these people that are involved are putting in a lot of work and a lot of thought for it, so be praying for them, and just the, uh, they got to bless it, right? They, they got to use this ministry to reach kids in this region, uh, to reach families in this region. Uh, I talk to people all the time. Uh, whether I meet them dropping Shep off at preschool or I run into them at the grocery store, I, I just strike up conversations with people all the time. And I'm amazed at how often I hear someone say, well, I'm looking for somewhere to get my family plugged in to church. We really want to grow as a family. Uh, and I'm going, well, come on over to Pepperell. We'd love to see you, right? Uh, so just uh, be praying for them, excited about this, and uh, really eager to see what God does through this ministry in the upcoming months. So remember them. Uh, next Wednesday night, for you guys and myself, we'll begin a study through the book of Hebrews. Uh, don't anticipate that wrapping up anytime soon. That will be quite a lengthy study, um, but uh, on a week-by-week basis. But looking forward to that. I, I, I think Hebrews is one of my more favorite New Testament books, and so excited to dive into that with you. So we'll begin that next week. Uh, but tonight, I wanted to talk to you about just something that was practical. Uh, something that, that I thought, especially after Sunday's sermon, something that I felt that you could take and apply to your life and, and help you in your daily walk with the Lord, help you in your relationship with the Lord. And uh, I think it's good, right, every now and then to get some just good practical things that we can do to apply the next morning. And this is one of those things. And so this is called What to Pray. We'll be in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Very familiar passage. Uh, you may know it by heart, but as you're making your way there, I'll, I'll ask you the question that I kind of want to address tonight. Uh, have you ever began to pray, excuse me, have you ever began to pray and just feel like you begin to kind of aimlessly wonder for the next 30 minutes? Uh, I'll, I'll confess to you, that happens to me often, right? I'm an early bird. I love getting up in the morning. I have to because I have a two-year-old. <laughs> I don't, don't really get another opportunity. Uh, but I love getting up, and, and but it's it's a challenge, right? It, early in the morning before the sun comes up, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm going, all right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to begin praying, and, and I begin, and, and it's just like my mind begins to wander here. I begin thinking about the events that I have to take care of that day, the people that I'm going to go visit, what I'm going to be eating for lunch. It's amazing the things that you'll begin to think about when you set out to begin praying. And so if you find that you struggle with that from a time-to-time basis, well, hopefully this will be helpful to you tonight. What can you do to prevent that from happening? Is there something that we can do, something that we can begin to practice as individuals 
that when we start to pray, kind of safeguards us from just wandering aimlessly for half an hour? Can we pray a very focused kind of way? And I think so. We must learn what to pray. Now, that's the difference from, I think, learning how to pray or perhaps how we tend to think of it. We've, we've been teaching Shepherd how to pray, and uh, which is amusing and, and encouraging and, and will bring a tear to your eye and, and just also kind of scratch your head sometimes and think, what, what is he doing? Uh, you know, so we've been teaching him, you know, fold your hands and bow your head and, and teaching him how to do these things. But there's a difference between that, right, and learning what to pray. In fact, I would say the more important thing is knowing what to pray, learning what can I say to God? How can I communicate with the Lord in prayer? And that's what this passage, I think, will help us to see tonight, helping us to learn what to pray when we have a time of prayer. So look at this text with me, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation." Obviously, as many of you know, there's a parallel to this also in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Very similar in wording. This is the Lord's Prayer. But here in Luke, what's going on? How do we get to this point where Jesus is giving them this prayer and saying, Say this when you pray. Well, in the context of Luke, this event really happens, as we know, in the second part of Luke. Which means that... Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus has went up. James, John, and Peter have experienced the Mount of Transfiguration. Some really awesome things have happened before Jesus teaches his disciples to pray here in Luke 11. In one way or another, they begin to see who Jesus was. The question mark about is Jesus more than an ordinary man is really becoming quite clear to them that Jesus is the Son of God. It's becoming evident to them. And then here in the later part of the book of Luke, Jesus begins to intentionally teach and train these men. These 12 men, he's pouring into them, investing into them. It's really a discipleship training seminar for about six chapters here in the book of Luke. And this comes right at the beginning. The disciples are learning what it means to follow Jesus' life. How can I follow Jesus? And evidently, it certainly means that you must cultivate a very serious prayer life. And I noted this in your notes because this just blew me away. Jesus prayed all the time. I did a count. I did some research. In the Gospels, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are 41 occurrences of Jesus either praying or explicitly teaching on prayer. 41 times. 
prayer was important to the Lord. He practiced it all the time. He went out early in the morning to a desolate place before anyone else got up and he prayed. And he taught on it all the time. Following Jesus means we must have a very serious prayer life. And I read this about Jesus and see that he prays 41, that he talks about 41 different times. And I think, my goodness, if I'm a disciple, if I say that I'm a disciple, certainly I must cultivate this type of prayer life. Why would I not want to talk to the Lord? So prayer is serious for Jesus. He prayed all the time. And apparently after watching this for so long, the disciples asked Jesus, can you teach us how to do this? Now listen, they had seen other people pray, right? Surely they had been in the synagogue at some point or another and had saw someone pray, perhaps one of the Pharisees, with their long and tedious prayers that were all empty words and no heart. But when they ask this, I think the reason they're saying, teach us to do what you're doing. There is something surreal about the way that Jesus is praying. There is something powerful about the way Jesus is praying. There is something about the way Jesus is praying that these 12 men look to him and say, I want to pray like that. I want to know what to pray. I've watched people tell me how to pray. I want to know what to pray and, and to pray like Jesus. You're awestruck. It must have been an awesome prayer. So after watching Jesus pray, they say, Lord, teach us to pray, the request of the disciples. It's interesting to me that Jesus here doesn't recommend a posture. He doesn't say anything about folding the hands, even bowing your head or nothing of that sort. He launches right into an answer, and he actually gives them an imperative here. In the Greek, the word say in our English is, is a command. We could almost translate that as do this. I'm telling you to pray. Say this when you pray. It's a command. It's an imperative. It's not a suggestion that Jesus is giving the disciples here. They have asked and Jesus has commanded, pray in this way. Well, how do we apply this? We know the Lord's Prayer. Most of us memorize it. I can recall uh, being a small kid playing uh, Dixie Youth Baseball. And uh, my dad was the coach. And uh, he was, you know, my dad was a deacon. He invested in me all the time growing up. Uh, but I could remember us praying the Lord's Prayer after every practice. I, I've had this memorized since I was probably six years old. It might have been one of the first passages I ever memorized from the Bible. Many of you probably know this, but, but how can we apply this? We know the Lord's Prayer, but how can we pray like the Lord's Prayer? Well, I think there's two possible applications or ways you could apply this, and I've listed those here. The obvious way is that you could repeat this prayer verbatim every time you pray. That, that's an obvious way that you could apply this and take this, is you could sit down tomorrow morning and go, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to memorize it, and I'm going to pray it every day. And I think that would be okay, uh, do I think that's the best way to apply this? No, and, and the argument for that would be, well, what about all the other prayers in the Bible? Read some of Paul's prayers in the epistles. They're quite lengthy and quite detailed. So what's another way we can apply this? Well, I think we can use this prayer that Jesus gives to us as a model. We can analyze the framework, the content. We can examine what Jesus has said and implement that into our own prayer life. Not so much that we're repeating word for word as we are the content 
the idea, the theological framework there. How can we pray like Jesus? How can we know what to pray? So I've come up with this alliteration right here for prayer. I've listed it there in your notes. I use this every day. Uh, I have for years. Uh, I love it. It helps me. I pray much more focused with this. And so I wanted to share that with you tonight. I won't be legalistic about it, right? This may not work for you. You may have to adjust it. I'm not saying this is foolproof here. But what I am suggesting to you is that I've identified six different contents in the Lord's Prayer and that by following this, it will lead you to pray in a way that is modeled after the Lord's Prayer. I really believe it, which is why I'm sharing it with you. The first we see here is praise. To begin the prayer with praise. Praise God for who He is and what He's done. You know, so often I think we forget to begin with worship when we pray. You know, prayer really is an act of worship in itself. We ought to begin by telling God how awesome He is. Father, hallowed be your name. Make your name so holy in my heart that I'm affected by it. Show me your glory. Teach me your awesomeness. Help me to see your mercy, your grace, your sovereignty, your omnipotent presence and, and, and power. Help me to know this, to see it. Help me to be amazed at you, God. why I think it's often helpful to pray sometimes after reading the Bible, right? The Bible teaches you about God. It teaches you these things, what God has done, who He is, and your heart ought to just be swelling with just adoration for God. Father, hallowed be your name. So begin your prayer with praise. Maybe you read something earlier in the day from your passage that's assigned for you that day. Or maybe you heard something in the sermon on Sunday. Or maybe God crossed your path with a friend the day before and they reminded you of something wonderful God has done. There's something on your mind, surely, and sit down and begin and say, God, I just want to thank you for this. That this is who you are and this is what you've done. In my life, in the lives of others, in the world, I just want to thank you. I want to praise you. Hallowed be your name. Your name be honored as holy. The second content here is R, right? Redirect your will to His will. Your kingdom come. In Matthew's version, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we sometimes more caught up with trying to convince God to do things our way instead of bending our wills to meet His way? I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus includes this here. Set your heart to be amazed at who God is worshiping Him and then saying, Lord, you're awesome and your way is good. And I want to follow your way. I want to follow your will. Point my heart in the direction of your purpose, of your plans, of your will, what you want me to do. Lord, how can I serve you today? How can I be a difference maker today for your kingdom? Begin with worship and then begin by redirecting your heart, confessing this to God. I'm redirecting my heart. Lord. I'm taking my eyes off of myself and I'm putting my eyes on you. And may your will be done. Not my will. My will is flawed. I want things sometimes that are not good. I want things sometimes that I look back and I say, Lord, I'm so glad 
that you didn't work that out in that way. That would have been terrible. Your will is great, Lord, and I'm so glad you did it your way. Pray that to God. Talk to Him. You're, you're His child, you're His children. Talk to Him like a father. Lord, I love you, I worship you, and you're right. You know, as I got older, I had to remember to tell my parents, you know, when I was a teenager, I wondered if you were as right as you often thought you were. Uh, but I've had to come back in later years and confess, you guys were right. We need to pray like that to our Father in Heaven. If we say that to our earthly parents, surely we should say that to our Father in Heaven. Your will is good. Direct my heart to your will. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to redirect and then I'm going to ask for provision of what you need. Give us each day our daily bread. Brother and sister, don't be self-righteous. Pray for yourself. You need it. It's okay. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you this, what you need, not what you want. We know the difference. Give me what I need, my daily bread. There are things that God puts on my heart that I want, that I desire, that are holy things, and I say, God, do this in my life. It's okay to ask for help. I just don't understand why Christians sometimes think we got to white-knuckle the Christian life. We don't. God wants to help you. He wants you to ask. He's a good father, and He always gives good gifts to His children. So pray for yourself. There's another reason to do it, too, and that's to remind us where all the good things come from. Absolutely. Amen, Troy. Absolutely. So ask. Be content to ask God for help. Then we move on here to why. Your sin. We see this. And forgive us our sins. I was writing out this. and, and <laughs> how, tempting, how tempted am I always to skip to E before dealing with why? You know what I mean? Well, Lord, let me tell you about this person. <laughs> let me tell you what they did. And so often, God has had to remind me in the early mornings of the day, yeah, we'll get to them. Let me deal with you right now. Let me deal with you, Zach, because you got some areas in your heart that are not right that I'm going to work on. And he makes known to me as I read his word, I become convicted. And when I come to this time of prayer, I praise God for showing me this. I say, Lord, put my heart in your will. Give me the strength to live in this way. And God, forgive me. Forgive me for failing you in this way, for being like that. Forgive me for being angry about this. Forgive me for holding a grudge here or there. Forgive me for being bitter on this. Forgive me, God, for being grouchy when I ought to be happy because of the grace that you've done in my life. Forgive me, God. It's a good way to pray. And listen, God knows you're a sinner. You're, you're not shocking Him. <laughs> he knows it. You know why I think the point of this confession is, really? Is you are agreeing. You are setting your heart to agree with God about what He says about the sin in your life. And that's a good place to be. Begin with worship. And I, I ask God to turn my heart to His way. And I ask for help to live in this. And I say, God, forgive me because I failed and you're right. I was wrong. And then notice what He says. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. 
you know, we don't have, I don't have time to cover it tonight, but you know, there's there's some stronger warnings about that in Matthew. And I wish I had the time to unpack it. But let me tell you something, brother and sister, as people who have been recipients of divine grace, we ought not to hold a grudge ever against anyone. How could we experience the grace of God and hold a grudge against our fellow man? You know, I was sharing with someone the other day, I was talking about the hardships of relationships in life and, and things of this. And I just told him, I said, hey, God, God can repair that. You know what? Because he's repaired your relationship. No one has been wronged more than God. You have sinned against God. Our sin against God is so egregious that, that other sins against us pale in comparison. So you need to forgive your brother and sister. You need to forgive the enemy. Listen, and that ain't always easy. It ain't. I know it. Listen, I have dealt with me. Y'all ever know them people that just don't know how to apologize? Y'all know them people? Them people are really hard to forgive. They just don't know how to say sorry. They just don't, to, just don't have the capacity to do it. I've worked with people like that. I've done ministry with people like that who hurt me and they would die before they apologized to me. And I remember one instance, one particular instance, I was troubled about that. And Anna and I were sitting on the couch, confiding in some friends, getting some wisdom. I just, I feel angry with this person. They just will not apologize to me. And this dear friend looked across the living room at us and said, you just got to learn to forgive people who don't know how to apologize. You just got to do it. And then they said the words, you don't get an option. You have to forgive them. What good words of wisdom. Tough wisdom. Hard to apply. Ain't easy. As recipients of grace, we can't hold grudges. We must forgive because we have been forgiven. God, forgive me of my sins because I forgive everyone who has ever wronged me. Let us echo such a prayer. When we wait for the other person to uh, apologize, we uh, we rob ourselves of that time <laughs> where we have just forgiven them and moved on. Yeah. There's there's there is no reason to delay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grudges are a waste of time. A Christian can't hold a grudge. We must forgive. And then our rescue. Right? So so we praise, we begin our prayer, we're praising God, we're gonna thank him for this specific thing. And then we're going to direct our will, our hearts. Say, God, I want to do your will, your way. And I'm asking you for help in this area. And I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I've failed in this area. And I'm going to forgive Joe down the street and Jim Bob around the corner because they did, they failed too. And I'm going to forgive them. And I'm ready for the day, Lord. And rescue the day from evil and temptation. Do not bring us into temptation. Do not deliver me into temptation. Do not let me fall into evil. My foot is so prone to slip, Lord. Catch me when I begin to stumble. Help me, Lord, in my weakness. Rescue the day. Because I don't want it to be wasted. 
How many days in my life have I wasted because I failed to ask God when the sun came up before I had a single conversation with another human being? I've learned that wisdom, and I hope you have too. It's good practice to talk to God before you talk to anyone else on a day. (laughs) Just really good practice. How many days have I wasted because I failed to ask God for help? We just sang it. Brother Scott, sing this song. What a friend we have in Jesus. What, What needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The Word teaches us what we should pray. And I hope that tomorrow morning you feel encouraged to wake up before the sun rises. To find quiet time. Take 10 minutes. And just get an honest heart. Praise God for who He is. Direct your will to live in His way. Ask for help. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive anyone who wronged you the day before and say, God, rescue the day because I don't want to waste it. You pray like that. And I guarantee you, your mind won't wander aimlessly for 30 minutes. You'll pray in a way like Jesus prayed. Let me pray for us. Father, Thank you for our time here together tonight. Lord, I love nights like tonight where we just, we just get to share wisdom with one another. We just get to challenge one another, Lord, to, to practice the Christian life. And Lord, even right now in this moment, I'm just reminded of how great a privilege it is that we have to pray, to talk to you. Lord, we have your ear. Why would we not speak into it on a daily basis? Lord, help us when we wake up in the morning before we do anything else, before we talk to another human being, put it on our hearts to come and talk to you, Lord, and help us to put your model prayer that you gave to us. Lord, help us to implement it into our lives, to apply it, to pray like Jesus prayed. Lord, You want us to pray like this, which is why you gave us this prayer. Help us to apply it in our lives and to draw closer to you in that prayer closet on a daily basis. Help us, Lord. Give us your grace. And in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our sermon series of the Gospel of Mark on Sundays at 11 a.m either at the church campus or on our Facebook live stream at Pepperell Baptist Church online. Have a great week. Blessings.